This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Tom Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Presented by the law offices of Pond Lahaki Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. And a good Saturday night, everyone, and welcome in to another live edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Great to be here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Another great show lined up as we continue, J. Doc, with our mayoral candidate for the city of Philadelphia one-on-one conversations you've been on the road over the last four weeks i believe it is um and we've had a chance to talk to some of the candidates at uh in great detail we'll do that again tonight with a very special guest uh, who will join us as well but before we bring david o into the conversation i first welcome you into the labor show brother thanks joe uh yeah this has been a fantastic series man i mean one of the things that's so important, uh, obviously, in a city like Philadelphia is, uh, you know, meeting and, and understanding and knowing who our leaders are. And leadership is so important, as we all know. And I've had just a phenomenal experience with so many of the candidates. And like you said, tonight's going to be no exception. Let's talk some labor news before we introduce David and jump into the opening segment. Of course, next week, a week from A week from today, next Saturday morning, um, we will have an incredible event, our next Legends of Labor induction. Um, It'll be an incredible, incredible day uh, next Saturday, and then we'll air that broadcast, um, which we will record live to tape, and we will air that broadcast um, to kick off the month of April. But what a day it will be next Saturday. Yeah, I mean, what an honor. Uh, we're inducting uh, Pat Gillespie, longtime business manager of the Philadelphia Building Trades, uh, into the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame. Uh, we're so excited. Uh, Pat, uh, you know, Pat's uh, impact on our labor community, our labor leadership, speaking of leadership, right? Um, you heard Pat Iding so many times, and so many of our other labor leaders talk about Pat Gillespie being so influential in uh putting a lot of our building trades leaders on boards um, and being involved in the process. What's that saying? If you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Well, Pat Gillespie uh, you know, put the Philadelphia building trades at the table. And so uh, it, it, a lot of labor leaders going to be there. Uh, Pat's family is going to be there. And it's just a, a great honor for you and I to be able to uh, help induct them into, into the Hall of Fame. You know, Well-deserved. It's going to be an unbelievable day. 
Yeah, Legends of Labor, Jay Doc, has really been a, a tremendous experience for me because of the ability to learn and understand some of the great history uh, of what uh, of how the unions have been built and what they have done for their members over not only a uh, a time of in the present. Um, but the incredible history that brings us to the present, it really is amazing. I, I mean, look at our first two inductees. Uh, Sam Staten Sr. Uh, really brought politics and labor to the forefront here in Philadelphia. That was just an incredibly emotional uh, induction. Uh, the governor was there, uh, to, uh, Jack Shapiro, uh, obviously before the election, but still um, to help uh, in, induct him and, and uh Obviously, Sam State, Sam Staten Jr. Uh, and, and and Ryan Boyer, and just an unbelievable group of of people there. That was amazing. Uh, okay, and then we had Wendell Young the third, and of course, uh, at, up at USCW seventeen seventy six, and when Wendell Young the fourth was there, along with Pat Iding to help induct, um, you know, long time uh, president UFCW seventeen seventy six, uh, Wendell Young the third, in, in, into the Hall of Fame, and and there there there. When you, we talked about his resume during the presentation, um, was unbelievable. But you know, a, a, an aide to the president of the United States. I mean, there were so many things there. Um, an activist, um, somebody who made a difference in so many lives, and of course, Pat Gillespie. And you know, just you could see the level that we're talking about. And uh, we're going to be making a major announcement. Our friends of labor category coming up we're going to be talking about that in the next week or two um you know which were you know is of the hall of fame legends of labor hall of fame so there's a huge announcement coming there but i'm um, really proud to be a part of it joe yeah, no, good stuff. Well said. Let's jump right into it, Jay Doc, and I'll let you uh, kick it off. We're proud to have tonight former Philadelphia City Councilman at large, uh, and he started that tenure back in 2011, an attorney, a U.S. veteran, committed to many veteran causes. He's not a stranger uh, to the labor community. He's not a stranger to uh, the labor show, Jay Doc. We welcome in David O., candidate for mayor of the city of Philadelphia. David O., good evening on a Saturday night. We welcome you in, man, and we appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much, and thanks for the invitation. It's our pleasure, David. Certainly, uh, this has been a great series. It gives us the opportunity to introduce our candidates uh, to the city of Philadelphia and, of course, our labor community. Uh, and no question, uh, like Joe said, you're no stranger to the broadcast. Uh, first off, let's make it simple. Uh, why did you resign from council where you've been since 2011 uh, successfully to enter the mayor's race? Uh, to be frank, I was thinking about um, a year ago what I was going to do, um, you know, thinking about running for reelection. And um, I decided or I concluded that, um, you know, whatever I have tried to do, I have done. And it did not look like I would get um, much done uh, in the uh, current city council or the future city council. And much of the things I've done, I think, are things that people want to have done. Uh, even council members themselves talk about um, those things. But, uh, you know, typically um, uh, the the bills that I propose uh, have been defeated. And so... Um, kind of weighing that, I thought the best thing I could do is to offer the voters a choice, a, a very different choice than what they would have if I did not enter the race. Because as you know, 
um, this race would be over May 16th um, within, with the Democratic primary if there was not a viable and credible candidate um, to be there November 7th. And I think a lot of things, especially with 10 candidates running, would not be clear. So I wanted to give some clarity and some options to voters to consider which way this city should go. And, and so having said that, uh, you know, other than being a, a Republican candidate, which we've talked about in the past, what makes you different than the other 10 candidates? Well, I think the first thing is I'm very unsatisfied with the direction of this city. Um, I think that uh, we've gone in the wrong direction. Uh, and I have tried to steer counsel and as much as I can influence the administration to go in a different direction. Um, uh, and that has failed. Um, so I think that's the first thing. The other thing is that I'm very uh, focused on, one, stopping crime through police. That is something that the other candidates are starting to say, but that's not what they said two years ago or even a year ago. So I've been very clear about the role of policing, uh, law enforcement, and the fact that every law, uh, to me, there's no such thing as a minor crime. They're all crimes. They're all violations of the, of the, of the public good. And um, in addition, there are public safety laws as well that protect people from reckless uh, conduct. Uh, and all of this has to do with how safe people are. So my perspectives on that have been uh, very different from my colleagues. And I think that is the most important thing is to make this city safe so we don't have murders, we don't have people getting shot, and we don't have people afraid to come, in out, of their, come out of their homes or come to work in Philadelphia. Our city uh, really uh, needs to have people come into our city to work and to and to go to restaurants and to go to concerts we need tourists to come to our city it's part of our economy without that um we will be short on funds and when we're short of funds people see what happens is their taxes increase and and taxes have increased on the poorest people in our city and other than that on the middle class and that's and that really is causing people to consider leaving our city and many people have so so i think um Crime, uh, stopping it, how we stop it, and I think um, in the most practical way, and then looking at economic growth to build a better future are the things that I think differentiate me from the other candidates. Um, I am a former Philadelphia assistant district attorney. I've done criminal defense as well. So I'm very familiar with the criminal justice system, how it actually works, how it's supposed to work, and why it's not working right now. Um, and, uh, finally I, I served in the military. So I've had uh, military training, which I think is very important when we talk about, uh, understanding leadership. And especially when we talk about leading the people, uh, who work for this city, um, and, and what it takes to get the best out of them. And so having said that, uh, can, uh, let me just jump in there for sure. one second real quick. David, mm -hmm. can it be done I think that's now the question that many, many people are asking. Can you rid the city of the crime? Yes. Yes, we can. And, and I think that's where there's this very different perspective. In, in other words, some people um, running for office seem to think, or at least they express, that, that it's, it's very difficult. I know people in, in, in city council um, it seems like this insurmountable problem. I, I don't find them to be insurmountable. What I find is that there needs to be an understanding of how the problem solver, the problem solvers function and work. 
So let's start with the police. We need to have um, police who will um, do their job. Uh, They will not do their job if they do not feel supported, if they don't understand the rules, if they feel when they do what they're supposed to do, they are subject to discipline or uh, firing or or even uh, prosecution. Uh, There has to be a clear and simple understanding of what their job is. Policing is difficult work, but it should not be hard to understand. Um, You look at the car. The car violates a rule. You stop the vehicle. If you have to start thinking about who's in the car, how you approach the car, um, you're going through a lot of different um, um, like considerations that are not relevant to enforcement of the law. It should be done in a colorblind manner. It should be simply done based on the objective criteria there. And it's upon the city. The city has to train its officers properly. Um, the problem with recruiting is people do not want to work uh, in a city where they feel unsupported. You can't be the police officer you aspire to be uh, in a city that does not um, value its officers. So I think it's important first that we bring in a police commissioner that the police officers know and and trust and believe is a very competent and fair leader, um, a proven uh, a leader. Uh, The next thing is we have to provide them the resources and equipment and technology to to be a force multiplier. So so their job is is, uh, um, easier in a sense, uh, but more importantly, that they get accurate information. So they are not um, running into situations with blind spots or in the dark. And um, those are the things that I think we can do um, uh, immediately. But I think the biggest thing is to send a very clear message that you will simply do your job, enforce the laws, we will back you up, and um, we will ensure that you're properly equipped and trained. Um, Those, I think, are the important things. We want active um, officers engaged with uh, protecting the public, um, engaged in ensuring that the laws are um, respected at the very beginning. So we've come on a time where um, somehow uh, we've left this, uh, you know, kind of nip it in the bud type idea, broken window theory into um, let people go in and steal from stores. If it's less than $500, we're not going to prosecute them. Therefore, we don't arrest them. We've come to a point where somebody in city government in the the district attorney's office, they have the idea that drug-addicted people need drugs, so we don't want to discourage them from getting drugs. We don't want to be judgmental towards them. Uh, we don't want to arrest drug dealers because the drug-addicted people need drugs. I think we're, we, we've just entered a time where we, we have basically allowed crime, attracted crime, and made it uh, insurmountable. But we can um, immediately stop that and begin to reverse that, especially, for example, in our public transportation system. Many people won't ride public transportation. They don't want their children riding it because they just feel it's dangerous. And um, things like cleaning it up, removing uh, drug-addicted persons and, and, and other people who are smoking uh, drugs down there, um, in some cases having uh, sex right there in the, uh, in the subway system, defecating on those. So it's, it's unsanitary and it's uh, unacceptable. 
David O. joining us here tonight on the Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. J-Doc will uh, let you pick it up on the other side uh, of the break. We'll take our first commercial break. Good conversation. I am one of those parents, by the way. My daughter goes to Drexel, and I do not, do not, or um, I often tell her um, to not take uh, the subway system um, to make sure that she remains safe. We'll get to a commercial break. Pick it up with David O. on the other side. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. And welcome back, everyone, to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We're live here on a Saturday night visiting with former Philadelphia City Councilman-at-Large, David O., now candidate for mayor of the city of Philadelphia. J. Doc, over to you, sir. So, David, um, let, let's, uh, you, we talk, we, we're talking about, obviously, fighting crime and uh, your platform in regards to making our, our, our city safer. Uh, what about the relationship with the, you mentioned uh, a little bit about the, the district attorney's office. Um, what are you, what's your plan there? Because being on the, on the same page with, with, with the DA's office, uh, some think is integral in regards to, um, uh, putting together a good plan. Yeah, it, it is, but unfortunately it's not there and that's just a reality. So I think the mayor has to understand if they are, uh, for example, going to, um, address crime with, uh, policing and law enforcement, especially in the, uh, you know, the most crime-ridden areas, the hot spots, and then the public gathering places and things like that, they're going to have to understand that you're going to arrest people. And, and, uh, and the uh, district attorney's office may have a completely different view and may, and may not prosecute them. Uh, that is uh, beyond my control because the district attorney is elected by the people. And um, that is uh, something that he has said. He's doing what he said. I disagree with it, um, with his uh, policies. However, as mayor, you know, um, there are more tools that the mayor has than that the district attorney has. In addition to which, I also believe that the, um, the uh, mayor can establish a, a unit within the law department that does a certain level of prosecution um, as uh, deputized by the attorney general. And, and, and so having said that, and, you know, we're going to get back to our, our conversation. Uh, who has crime. more power? David, who has more power? The district the, attorney the mayor or, the, or, or the mayor of Philadelphia? The mayor of Philadelphia is the 800-pound gorilla. Under our charter, the mayor is a strong mayor. We have a weak council, and then we have um, a very specific jobs like a district attorney and, um, and, and the sheriff. However... You know, part of the problem in this city is that uh, police officers have been instructed, not by the district attorney, but by the mayor, by, by the mayor's administration, not to chase vehicles, not to um, interface with certain, um, like, drug-addicted persons. What I mean is, in the past, um, for example, uh, an officer might say to a drug-addicted person who says, you know, can you give me $20? Uh, they might say, like, well, listen, you know, if you call your mother right now, I'll give you $20, right? That, that's the kind of interaction that we've had in the past, but that's not, um, that's very much frowned upon now. They're not supposed to do that. Um, so, so I think that, um, you know, part of it has to do with the, uh, with what the police are being told and the fact that they're demoralized. 
and, and they don't feel that they can do their jobs. And I think it, it, it's led to a very dangerous point. For example, um, when you look at the 911, 911 is a huge problem in many parts of our city where people call and they can't get a response. This is an emergency. It could be life-threatening. Um, That's because and, and, we're and short on 911 operators. Well, there's ways to handle that. In other words, um, you know, I would handle that. I find that to be inexcusable. If you have a life-threatening problem, if there's a person with a gun breaking into your house or, or, or you're, someone uh, you're related to has a heart attack, you call 911, you want a response. And, and, and there's no excuse for no response. Yeah, no, I mean, no question about it. But we're, you, know, you talk about police and you talk about um, 911 operators. One of the things mm-hmm. we've talked about, we've had... Uh, obviously, you know, John McNesby on the program. We've we, we've also had um, the, the the representatives of District Council 33 on the program. The shortages by th- you know well over a, th- a thousand police. Number one, and number two, obviously 911 operators, which is one of the most stressful jobs imaginable. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, David, let's let's because. Let's jump on a, uh, you know, what's your day one priority? You you uh, walk into that door as mayor. What's the first uh, day going to be like? Uh, the first day um, is to uh, deal with violent crime. Uh, uh, the first thing is to um, have on board, uh, because I should have already talked to someone that will uh, assume the role of being the police commissioner and the command staff and uh, get together with them to um, put together a very visible policing process um, and to use the resources of this city uh, to ensure that we fill those positions. Um, And if we need help, uh, we will certainly, um, I'd be happy to uh, talk to the governor about state police having a, a larger role until, you know, we get to where we need to be. But remember, this city has a $800 million fund balance, and the city has, I believe, more money than people think it does. They look at bad roads. They look at, you know, a dirty city. They look at the filthy public transportation system. They think we're broke. We're not broke. We have money. Where that money goes is the question, and what good it does. I think there's a lot of accounting that has to be done. But I'm comfortable that we have the money and that we have to use that money to ensure that basic services are provided and there has to be a priority. But none more important right now than ensuring people that they can walk out of their houses, they can go to the bus stop, they can ride the train without fear of being stabbed or shot, murdered, or even harassed. We have in the recent years kind of allowed people to harass each other uh, that oftentimes will lead to deadly confrontations, and I think um, that is because we have, as a society, um, uh, said to the police that, that they are no longer going to be engaged in peacekeeping, and I would reverse that. And, and, and David, let me ask you, you're, you're a victim of violent crime. You were stabbed, uh, literally getting yeah. out of your car. How, how, how has yeah. that impacted you? Well, um, it, it really hasn't impacted me too much. I grew up in a um, in a in a rough neighborhood, um, getting stabbed is not the worst thing that happened to me in my neighborhood. It just happened to me when I was um, a council member, so I got a lot of attention. Uh, but I think what it does is um, it certainly, um, you know, kind of adds to my you know my perspective 
um, on, you know, dealing with uh, criminal justice matters. Um, and uh, in this case, actually, um, it, it actually caused me to think more about the perpetrator of crimes than about uh, the victims. I, I'm a former assistant district attorney. My, my whole career was thinking about victims and what happened to them and how they're not, you know, helped, uh, you know, um, after they've testified and all the problems related to being a victim. I'm very sympathetic to victims. They are, they are the lambs in cases. And, and sometimes, you know, victims are one day the uh, offender, the next day the victim. But uh, I do think about the, uh, the perpetrators, the defendants, um, the people who commit to crimes, and we, we want them to, to be redeemed. We want them to have a good life. We want them not to commit more crimes. We don't want them to be recidivists. And so, you know, there's that balance of justice and mercy, um, of, of, of uh, you know, exacting uh, a predictable um, penalty for, for crimes committed, but at the same time, how to, how to make that time productive um, and to have a person be able to turn their life around. Um, so those, those are the complexities of the criminal justice system and its purpose, but, but I break it down into, into portions. And what I would say is justice should be very objective. It should take things into consideration, but mercy falls upon the victim and those who have been injured. It is not the job of the district attorney to intervene with mercy in a way that is unjust and unfair to the people who have been harmed. But every opportunity for mercy comes from the people who have been, who have been injured. That, that, that's up to them in large part. Yeah, the court considers it. The district attorney office has some say in it as well as do the officers who are involved in, in, in solving that matter or if they were engaged themselves. But I think um, kind of we've, we've kind of uh, blurred all those lines when we have a, a district attorney who takes upon himself the, the, the mission of providing uh, mercy and um, not prosecuting and looking historically at injustice and trying to do all that from his office, which is really just one part of the criminal justice system. Uh, but most of the, um, the the acts of protecting people and responding to their needs and and dealing with uh, you know uh, possible um, harmful crimes and things like that, making sure that roads and streets are safe for for everybody, that falls on the administration more heavily than anybody else. David O is our special guest here for the full hour of. Uh, the Labor Show with uh, J-Doc and Krause. We'll get to a commercial break in just a moment. But before we do that, uh, David, I had one listener reach out to me via email after one of our earlier um, conversations or one of our earlier visits with one of the mayoral candidates. And the uh, conversation in the email was, Krause, the, the candidate that can rid the city of crime and get it under control is the candidate that should win. Everything else will fall into place. And I'm uh, paraphrasing the email, but that was the, that was the gist of the conversation. I agree 100%. And when we come back, I'd like to say that a great example, a great symbol of what we're going to do is to take care of Kensington Avenue. We'll talk about that with David O. and J-Doc. This is The Labor Show. Back in a moment.
This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. And back here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause, one programming reminder, tune right back in here tomorrow night on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. for this week's edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. That's on Sunday here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J. Doc, over uh, to you, sir. Yeah, David, uh, when we were going into the break, you talked about uh, Kensington Avenue and what's going down there, on down there. It's an, not only national, it's an international tragedy. It's that the people um, talk about what's going on on Kensington Avenue. Um, you know, on a daily basis, all day long. It's such a tragedy. Um, the opioid epidemic, uh, you know, it's central down there. Uh, talk about, you know, how you're going to deal with that. So, so I look at it differently. L- let me start by saying this, that the fact that you have a place called Kensington is uh, a tremendous harm in and of itself. We, we have people in Chester County, in Berks County, in, in, in Montgomery County, who come to Philadelphia to Kensington Avenue. Now, had they stayed in their own hometown or their own cities where most of them have family and friends, uh, where there is uh, treatment and bed space and, and, and funds available to help them, they would be better off. But, but because Philadelphia has Kensington where they believe and they know and they've heard that if you go there, you will not be hassled, you can prostitute, you can steal, you can commit crimes, you can live on the pavement, on the sidewalk, you can defecate on someone's house, you can harass children, you can uh, meet all kinds of uh, people that will give you cash, you will have no lack of seeing drug dealers, getting drugs. Because we have a place like that, it, it, it is a place of misery that is a magnet. There should be no place like that, and people will be better off. We used to have people come to Kensington um, they might be from, let's say, Chester County, and, and they might live in Philadelphia for six months and then go home and spend a year or two or three, you know, living a normal life and maybe fall back into the addiction and come back to Philadelphia. But those two or three years uh, are very important of having a normal life. But now, because of the policies and everything else, um, uh, well-intended, misguided, harmful policies they come to our city and they're here for six years. The time they spend addicted to drugs is changing their brain waves, is changing um, their perspectives. And what is happening in all that time, they are, they are um, killing themselves, ruining themselves. And uh, many of them will suffer from that. Uh, who, who we don't talk about um, are the people who are selling the drugs and ending up in prison and murdering each other. We don't talk about the people... Uh, who got hurt along the way. And there's a lot of people getting harmed um, to get those drugs uh, to Philadelphia. So it's not like a victimless crime, like it's just the addict um, hurting themselves. No, they hurt a lot of people. And so Kensington has to be shut down. And finally, uh, there is no perfect solution. There are just good solutions. You're not going to make everybody happy. And that's what the city has been trying to do, make everyone happy. And therefore, you're making nobody happy. Who comes first to me is the residents that live there, their children, their families. Uh, Next are the businesses that are there that employ people and provide uh, services. So 
I will enforce the law, and that includes everything. There will be no prostituting. There will be no drug dealing. There will be no walking around, um, you know, uh, uh, inebriated from 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 drug addiction, uh, wandering into the middle of the street. None of that is going to happen. Um, defecation on people's property that is not that is not allowed by ordinances. There will be no tents and things like that. So all of that will be cleaned up, and when we clean it up, people will be sent to detox, they'll be taken to shelters, they'll get the health checks, uh, mental health, and they shall not come back. Um, uh, the, the, the street will be cleaned. I will use drones. Drones will come out. Uh, we will uh, observe people. We will record them. We will arrest them later if they're dealing drugs or anything like that. Um, I will ensure that the police are there and visible and not inactive. They will be active. Anything that is not allowed, for example, ATVs and dirt bikes, they're not allowed on the streets. We don't need them to gather into groups of 300 or 400. You see it, we'll stop it, we'll take it, and uh, they will be destroyed. That message has to be sent so that people do not uh, wait a couple weeks to get together and ride into Philadelphia uh, and create havoc um, and, and um, you know, with their illegal weapons and, and all those other things. That is not David, something that we're going to allow. And let me jump in there. And, and you yeah. know, obviously there there was uh, not only talk of, of, of safe injection sites, but um, there was almost, you know, an overnight type of situation in South Philly where a safe yes. injection site was going to be, you know, fast-tracked, okay? and. Right. We've done a number of shows on uh, safe injection sites. We look what happened in Canada and a lot of those things and what happens to the neighborhoods. Um, and, and it can be a devastating thing. We know how neighborhoods feel about it. How do you feel about it? Uh, I oppose them. For, first of all, there's a lot of misinformation. Uh, the government in Canada uh, is is the entity that, uh, that put those heroin injection sites there. And so they have a tale to tell. Uh, and they put out certain types of data. But that data is contradicted by other data that also is government data. For example, you can look at the the police um, reports about the increase in crime, the increase in uh, prostitution, the increase in injury. And, yeah, people die in and around those places. They don't die, let's say, in the location, but on the way to the hospital, just outside most of the people don't go inside. They're there because um, it's basically a safe zone of, of drug use, drug dealing, drug purchases, and getting the money that they want um, to be able to do that. These, these are not people who are making good decisions. And, um, you know, I hear people say things like, well, we want to treat them with dignity. Um, yeah, we want to treat them according to the law, but uh, the law is something that we're going to enforce. And in that, they're not living with dignity, leaving them out in the, in, in the, in, in the uh, public, uh, subject to all kinds of abuse and injury. Um, they have to get like $140 a day in cash. That's, that's not dignity. So I think, you know, people are looking for a perfect solution that they will not find. This will be a perfect solution for the residents. It'll be a perfect solution for the innocent. It'll be a perfect solution for children going to school. It will not be the perfect solution that somebody wants, but it will be the best solution possible, and it will save a lot of people then and in the future the misery of experiencing a place called Kensington. 
Yeah, and let's throw something else out there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and, and I, I want to kind of clarify something. Kensington is a rich area, hist- uh, has a rich history, um, yes. uh, fa- family generations. You're not talking about, uh, the, you know, the the, the Kensington, uh, with the, you know, the neighborhood with the rich history. You're talking about the Kensington Avenue um, debacle yes. that's going on down there. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so before but before it, it, we, I just want to say something else though. The crime, yeah. one of the, you know, I'm going to throw my two cents in, in regards to safe injection sites. The fact of the matter is, is that you're, you're telling drug dealers where, you know, uh, you know, where the addicts are. Okay. The neighborhoods have been just mm-hmm. dis- are destroyed. Um, you, you know, the, the house values go down the tubes. That neighborhood has been decimated so much um, that it's been unprecedented. Uh, and it's something that we're, that we're all uh, emotional about. Um, David, when we come back, and I know we're going to go to break, um, you know, this is, you know, obviously this is the labor show. We're going to talk a little bit of labor um, and and, and uh, talk about some labor issues, um, you know, after we go to break. They, uh, Krause, uh, wh- where are we there? Yeah, good stuff. I'll get us to break in just uh, one last second. David, one last uh, question for you, and then we'll jump to a break and then come back and talk some labor issues uh, with you. Can you do it, sir? It sounds yeah. phenomenal. Because that's yes. what's needed. Can you do it? Yeah, there has to be a will to do it. And obviously, I'm talking about it. And a lot of uh, people don't want to talk about it because they're, they're calculating how it's going to affect their vote. I'm not calculating the vote. I'm calculating how I'm going to save the city, help people, do things like that. And I believe the vote will be there. You know, I have studied the vote. However, um, I think it is wrong to try to be the next mayor of Philadelphia focusing on voters as opposed to solving problems. The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. If you miss any of tonight's one-on-one with David O., you can uh, certainly re-listen to the broadcast uh, on the podcast. We'll get to a commercial break, and as Doc mentioned, when we come back on the other side, which will be our final segment uh, with David O., we'll talk labor back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. One segment to go here on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We're live, of course, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and J. Doc, our very special guest for the full hour, David O., Absolutely, Joe, and, and, and certainly we've had a, a, a frank discussion with David, no pulling any punches, um, but now we're, you know, you just mentioned, Joe, this is the Labor Show with Jay Dotton Krause on Talk Radio 1210. Let's talk a little bit of labor. Uh, one of the things we say, and we've said it many times, labor is not a political party, okay? We support those who support us, Democrat, Republican. Um, we've had that uh uh, conversation many times on air with a lot of our labor leaders. Having said that, David, uh, uh, our mayor, our current mayor, has taken uh, a beating in a, in a number of areas. But one of the areas that he's been uh, very uh, pro is pro labor. And one of the things that he's he's been very good at is is his commitment to project labor agreements uh, on a, a ton of our big big jobs. Uh, talk about your plans in those areas. Well. Um you know, I I support um, 
project labor agreements. I support um, uh, collective bargaining and skilled workers uh, that are produced by our, our um, building trades and, uh, and, and our other unions. Um, uh, on my part, um, I, I look at Philadelphia and I think about a skyline. I mean, I think people should think about our city. What does it look like? Because everything that we're going to do to compete in a global economy is based on um, a building. You know, if you're going to do technology, if you're going to do the state of the art um, um, innovation, it's going to be in a building. It has to be like a top notch uh, building. Where does the money come from in order to build that? Um, That's why I look overseas. That's why I've had um, you know, um, overseas investors meet with um, the building trades um, in 2022. Um, I had uh, basically about 20 different uh, countries um, and investment organizations come. I think I think one of the failings of Philadelphia is to not be fully engaged in looking at where the money comes from, where the jobs come from, and how we get people here to to do all of those type of things. We're gonna we're gonna need um, we're gonna need uh, skilled labor. Uh, we don't want interruptions. We want to ensure that people are uh, abiding by the agreement. Those those are agreements that are backed by the city, and um, uh, we will use prevailing wage, and we will ensure that the job gets done. I think there, it's a very good trade off, and I think it, it works uh, perfectly fine. And and having said that, um, uh, yeah. You know, when you talk about it, you know, a, a project labor agreement, and, and you, you mentioned, um, uh, you know, prevailing wage and 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 the guarantee of no work stoppages, quality union labor, um, and uh, those are important important uh, points to, to 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 we feel any project, but. Um, it, it segues me into an area where there have been some issues uh, throughout the city of Philadelphia, and that's uh, you know, wor- worker misclassification um, situations where you have some contractors, non-union contractors, who have uh, you know employed individuals, groups of construction workers, but classified them. Uh, as 1099 workers, okay, yeah. and individuals that n- are not real employees, they're, they're subcontractors, yet they got to be in at 7 a.m., they got to take mm-hmm. coffee break if there is a coffee break at, right. at, at a specific time, uh, you know, lunch, they all leave, um, and they do it uh, so they don't have to pay benefits uh, and, and they can put the money in their pockets. It's illegal, actually. Talk about your yeah. position on that. Uh, I have a very simple position. It's not very complicated. It's illegal, just like you said. You are defrauding um, uh, the government. You are putting people at risk. You are undermining exactly what we're trying to do in this city. Um, and so there, there will be none of that. You know, one of the things I will commit to as, um, as mayor is we're going to have a robust LNI. The LNI too will be using drones. I'm not just using it for for the police. I'm using it for the firefighters. I'm using it for um, you know inspections uh, uh, to to look from above and and below. So uh, LNI uh, will be working past five o'clock. They don't do that right now, and it puts a burden on the police. And 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 they shouldn't do that. So yeah. Um, I'm going to ensure that we're on top of things and that, you know, the work that is being done is proper, lawful uh, and safe. 
All right, and 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 as we um, segue, okay, and, and obviously that's uh, that we've been jumping up and down on the worker misclassification situation, mm-hmm. and it's happened yes. time and time and time again. Um, the local ninety eight did a video on uh, a, a previous employer that did it. Um, disgraceful things that have gone on. Having said that, uh, let's talk about you know your commitment. Uh, uh, to, to the city unions, obviously the police, the firefighters, uh, District Council 47, District Council 33, uh, the individuals that keep the, the, the city safe, number one, mm-hmm. um, sure. and, and number two, keep it running. Um, you know, listen, that, that isn't always peachy keen. There's contract negotiations and all that. But talk about, yeah. you know, your commitment to, 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 to our city workers. Um, the mayor is the boss of all the employees and therefore the mayor should take the uh, best interest of um, the workforce. Uh, I talked about the police officers and, and, um, and how they should be treated by, by the mayor um, and backed and supported um, the firefighters. You know, we have an uh, issue with the uh, uh, state law cancer presumption. Um, you know, we will not be playing games with the uh, firefighters with the cancer presumption. Um, with the uh, paramedics, um, all the game playing that goes on. We have uh, members of DC 33 who get uh, the least amount of pay for doing the, the, the filthiest jobs. We need them to do those jobs, um, I think, at, at risk to their health. Uh, you know, I, I see the city spend so much money. I don't know where it all goes. I try to find out, but, if, but when I try to find out, I need, um, I need a majority vote, and I don't get a majority vote. I'd like to know what happened to the... Uh, uh, the hundreds of millions of dollars we gave um, to the administration to fight COVID. Remember, we're talking about respirators and, and uh, you know, kind of a re-equipping Hahnemann Hospital. We gave that money. And uh, I'd like to know where all that money is. I see that we spend money, but we don't seem to have money for our workers. And that makes for an unhappy workforce. I cannot expect our workers to do a quality job for the citizens of this city if we are if we are not paying them properly. Yeah, we will pay them properly and we will expect that they do a good job with customer service, treat everyone well, but that's that's not something that we can ask when we, we are not properly paying them. And in my opinion, we are not properly paying them. Yeah, and, and we only have a couple uh, a couple minutes left. Two minutes, J-Doc. Two minutes, uh, no question about it. You mentioned, uh, you know, the firefighter situation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, talk about uh, painful individuals dying of cancer, having to fight to the, their dying uh, day in order to get their, uh, the, the, you know, benefits. And you've been at the forefront yeah. of, of trying to help them get them benefits. Talk about that. Take yeah. 30 seconds, if you will. Uh, well, and talk it's about atrocious. It, it's it's atrocious that um, people who uh, put themselves at risk, uh, put their lives at risk, um, will be denied, um, like the, just the humanity of what they're already owed by law, and and the dignity and respect in their dying days. Um, you know, to me, it's it's it's. Uh, it's uh, reprehensible. I mean, it's real blight on this city. And, and to me, as I said, coming from the military background, when you're the commander, we have a saying in the, in the Army, officers eat last. You take care of your troops first. And that, that has got to be the attitude. In, in other words, if we have a morale problem, uh, then people don't perform. They need high morale. They need to feel appreciated. They need to feel proud of their jobs and what they do. And they need, and they they will see that when the public appreciates them, but that begins with leadership. 
David O., our special guest here tonight on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. David, i got about 30 seconds. I'll give it to you to give a last statement, and then we'll say goodbye. We have to turn this city around before it's too late. I know a lot of people are thinking about moving out of our city. Uh, a lot of people, even the suburbs, don't want to even come in here. So now they're, they're restricted from, from enjoying what's in our city. But we're harmed because they come in and they spend their money at our restaurants. They go to our concerts. Uh, they go to the orchestra. They go to our hotels. You know, they visit our museums. Uh, it's impacting the economy, and all that we have left is to tax the people in the city, and we cannot do that because they cannot afford it. David O., candidate for mayor of the city of Philadelphia. David, we thank you so much, man, for thank joining you, the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause live here on a Saturday night. Great stuff tonight. Don't forget to, if you missed any of the broadcast tonight, uh, go back and download the podcast uh, and listen. Perhaps you will learn. That's going to do it for this edition of The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Until next time, on behalf of David O., on behalf of uh, J-Doc, our good friend Frank Keel, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.